here we are wrapping up our Connect conference. Hope everybody benefited from the Bible studies, the conferences, and the time together. And so we get to close our conference by beginning this year dedicated to St. Joseph, the, the patron saint of the church, uh, the great husband of Mary, um, and integral member of the Holy Family. And so I really think, though, beginning St. Joseph's year now, as opposed to start a little bit earlier, is perfect for our times. Not only this time of uncertainty, and coming out of quarantine, and worrying about the future, and the coronavirus, but also the beginning of the academic year. As I mentioned before, and I'm sure you're going to hear again from me, we've got no idea what the semester is going to look like. We're going to go all the way through. We're going to be able to gather in certain places. Will we ever be able to take the masks off? These are all going to be questions that we have to face. And St. Joseph is the perfect individual, the perfect saint, to guide us through and be our patron during this time. Because what happens is all of this uncertainty, all of the worries we have, their classes will be canceled. What's going to happen in November? The election, were they ever going to find a vaccine? When we start thinking about this too much, particularly when we get trapped in our head or caught up in the news, it's going to lead to lots of anxiety. We start worrying, we start wondering, we start trying to figure things out. How, how is God's plan working out in all of this? The fear that we have for the future, the bad things that could happen, all of it rooted in what? rooted in our natural human weakness, but in a lack of trust that ultimately God is in control. For some reason, for some purpose, he is allowing chaos to happen into our world. And so if you look in the life of St. Joseph, we're going to look at it very briefly today, you see that he had to face similar challenges. Looking around the world, lots of uncertainty, but still having to trust that the Lord was in control. And so there were chaotic times. The Romans were occupying uh, Palestine, the Holy Land at the time. And they were taxing the Jews. There was rebellion. There was anger and resentment towards Caesar and the rulers there. And there was an eager anticipation that soon the Messiah was going to come. The end of times were near. And so there was this chaotic time similar to what we are experiencing. And so Joseph is betrothed to Mary. And Mary comes and says, hey, this, i got this crazy story. The angel appeared to me, and I said I would be the mother of God. And Joseph wants to back away. He wants to divorce. Why? Because he knows how holy Mary is. There's no question about that at all. And he's like, I am not worthy to be part of this mystery. But the angel shows up, as we hear in the gospel today, and says, don't worry, this is all true. You take Mary into your home, you protect, you guard, and you guide her. But that's it. The angel doesn't say anything else. He doesn't give an explanation. He doesn't say, well, next week you can expect this, and in a month you can expect this, and this is how it's all going to play out. He just says, don't fear, this is what you're supposed to do. And Joseph has to act on it. Now, granted, the angel did appear to him and give him some clarity, but we also have lots of clarity that we have from the teaching of the church and scripture. And so then Joseph is there. He's like, all right, I'm going 
take care of her. And it comes to the birth, and guess what? They don't have a place to have the baby. And they have to have it in a stable. And you can imagine, Joseph is like, what is going on here? Why isn't God providing for his, this child? Why are we having to go into stable? Why won't anyone accept us? This doesn't make any sense. Really probably didn't make any sense when these three guys from the east showed up on camels bringing gifts. This is a freak show. What is going on? But Joseph kept the course. And then, all of a sudden, the, the, Herod starts to want kill, to kill all the kids. And he's, he's got to be some fear there. The angel says, I need you to just go to Egypt for a while. I'm not going to tell you how to get there. I'm not going to tell you that you may not be assaulted. And I'm not going to tell you what to do when you get there or when you're going to come back. But Joseph complies. He's there for a while. The angel says it's safe to come back. And he comes back. No explanation. No nothing. No saying this is how it's going to be. It's all going to work out. There's lots of uncertainty. Is he going to really be safe? Joseph has to always look over his back, waiting for something to happen. The story that I love the most, though, is the one where they lose Jesus in the temple. Imagine what Joseph was saying to himself. I was given one task to protect God, and I lost him. I'm an idiot. God's going to give up on me. I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. I lost the baby Jesus. But God didn't. He didn't at all. He kept going on. And then, 30 years waiting with no obvious explanation. When is this boy going to move out of the house? When is God's plan going to take off? He didn't know. And then he dies before Jesus gets to do his own mission. Well, why does it make any sense? At least maybe Joseph could have experienced or seen some of the miracles. But no explanation is given. And granted, he made it through because Joseph was a man of faith. He was a man of great trust. When it didn't make sense, when it was very uncertain, when he had no idea what God was trying to do, when he was going to do it, or how he was going to do it, but he didn't let anxiety destroy him. He didn't sit all day ruminating about it and worrying about it and not praying and not trusting God. And he, didn't, he wasn't immaculately conceived. He was fallen just like all of us. But he never gave up. Even though he may have doubted, even though he may have struggled, I'm not going to deny that at all, he kept pressing through, and that's why he's important for us. If Joseph, for all of his life, can go through what he did and not have it explained to him in so much uncertainty about the future, we can do the same thing. And that's why Joseph is so important to our time. The question, though, is how did Joseph do it? We know he did it. He's a great saint. He's in heaven. He's in glory. How did he do it? Well, of course, he responded to grace. He did have the angel appear to him on a couple of occasions. He prayed. He trusted in the Lord. But I'm going to argue the way that he was really able to do it, the, the main channel of grace, was the fact that he was close to Jesus and Mary. Particularly, closeness to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, this should not be a great source of grace, because imagine, jo I have to joke about this, Joseph is living with the only two perfect people ever to li live. Joseph was always wrong. <laughs> Joseph, if something would have happened bad, it was Joseph's fault every single time. And Joseph could have been here to compare himself. Why am I here? I'm the only idiot. I lost God. These people are perfect. Why are they so patient with me? 
He could have compared himself and beat himself up, but he never did it because through Jesus and Mary, he came to know the Lord's mercy and compassion. So it's going to be strange for me to say that, yes, in this year that we focus on St. Joseph, we also need to focus on Mary, on both of them together as husband and wife. So what is, how, how did Joseph learn this from Mary? How is Joseph able to persevere during these difficult times with the help of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Because if we want to be like Joseph, then we need to have that same influence of Our Lady in our lives. And I think it happened in three ways. First of all, Mary trusted Joseph. Mary trusted Joseph. She knew that the Lord had put him into her life, that he was going to provide, that he was going to protect. Even though she was going to have to have a baby in a manger, in a, in a, manger, in a stable, it was all right. She didn't worry about Herod killing the baby because Joseph was given the task. And so Mary was a constant reminder that Joseph was trustworthy, even after he lost Jesus. Mary was that constant reminder, it's going to be okay, Joseph, the Father, trust you. And he came to know that he was trustworthy of the mission that he was given. And so in the same way, intimacy with Our Lady, that Mary, Mary reminds us that we're trustworthy. Even though we're filled with shame and sin and we know our weakness, the Lord's given you a mission, you don't need to fear it, and that he trusts you with it, even if you mess up. Even if you lose the Christ child, Jesus, the Father, is not going to give up on you. Number two, Mary encouraged Joseph, particularly whenever he might have been struggling, when he think it was not up to the task, when things didn't make sense, and those big trials in his life. Mary said, we're going to keep pressing on, Joseph. You're doing a good job. He didn't, she didn't nag him. She didn't bring him down. She didn't criticize him. She said, we are going to be able to do this. And it was her encouragement that gave him the heart to be able to press forward even when things were difficult and didn't make sense. And so the same with us. When we have to encounter our own weakness, our own sin, our own failure, our own imperfection, and we want to give up, Our Lady is there to say, don't give up. You can do it. Let's pick yourself back up. Go to confession if you need to. Let's continue pressing on. And third and finally, Mary loved Joseph. You know, there was a chaste love, but it wasn't like, Joseph's like, I can't talk to Mary. She has her own little room. I'm over here. We never talk. They were friends. They were married. They loved each other with a genuine, real, chaste, human, married love. And so you can imagine, they talked with each other. Mary knew Joseph's heart, and Joseph knew the heart of Our Lady. And so the love as a wife that she gave to Joseph, as a friend that she gave to Joseph, formed his heart, formed his mind. He knew that he could be safe with her, could, could share his troubles, share his trials, and that Mary was going to love him. And so we talked about last night, Mary's heart became a place of rest for Joseph. He knew he was safe there in the same way that Mary knew that Joseph's heart was a place for rest. And so the same way Our Lady loves us. She is our mother. Her heart is our refuge, our place of rest. 
and to experience that love, to know that Our Lady is there and she loves us no matter how bad we feel about ourselves or how confused we are, that she is always there. And so this year, we need to focus on increasing our devotion to St. Joseph. There are many ways that we can do it. One of the best ways is through consecration. I'm sure a lot of you may have already done this. There are a couple of books that were published, the yellow one, which is more of like, it's like an interior psychological consecration, and the one that's been very popular from Father Donald Calloway. You can buy these at most Catholic bookstores. Do a consecration to St. Joseph. Learn more about him. Our diocese put out some great material. Uh, this year of St. Joseph, actually, Arrington drew, drew St. Joseph here. So we're very proud of her for doing that. To learn more about St. Joseph. But also, I think, along with that, to increase our devotion and knowledge of Mary. Oh, yeah, praying the rosary, doing our novenas, whatever. But get to know her person. Get to know her love. And the fact that she trusts us, she encourages us, and she loves us. And that she will help us understand Joseph better. And both of them bringing us closer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We'll close our reflections today with this prayer to St. Joseph, which I'm sure most of us are going to become familiar with, uh, that the diocese has given to us. Oh, St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. Oh, St. Joseph, assist me by your powerful intercession. I obtain for me all spiritual blessings through your foster son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer you my thanksgiving and homage. O oh, St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. Amen.